0: Prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves, ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and is cast into the fire, wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. was the fall of it let's pray and then we'll look at the rest of scripture today lord we do thank you for opportunity to open your word and read and teach and preach from it and help me to just be clear in what i say through your word that your word would be what is remembered and that if anyone here is not born again does not truly have you as their foundation that they would understand that and understand the need for it and that all of us would understand how duped and how fooled Satan has made us, and we are foolish, and they are foolish if they are not founded upon you. And so we ask that you would just guide and direct in all that's done and said. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> and we go to Luke chapter number 6. Luke chapter number 6, and starting in verse number 46, Luke six forty-six. it repeats <coughs> part of the same parable and the same passage connecting here in Luke six forty-six. And why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the sa- things which I say? "'Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings "'and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. "'He is like a man which built an house and dig deep "'and laid the foundation on a rock. "'And when the flood arose and stream beat vehemently "'upon the house, he could not shake it, "'for it was founded upon a rock. "'But he that heareth and doeth not "'is like a man that without a foundation "'built an house upon the earth, "'against which the stream did beat vehemently, "'and immediately it fell.' And the ruin of that house was great. We're looking here at the wise man and the foolish man. And in Sunday school, there's songs that are sung about them and stories, of course, that are taught about the wise man built his house upon the rock, the foolish man built his house upon the sand. First of all, in point number one, I want to look at the wisdom of the obedient. The wisdom of the obedient. And I have five letters under that. And speaking of homeschool, uh, those letters are wrong. Uh, It should be A, B, C, D, and E, but what can i say anyhow the wisdom of the obedient the wisdom of the obedient letter a he believed in the rock he believed in the rock he believed in the rock and of course 1 corinthians chapter 3 verse 11 and 1 corinthians chapter 10 tells us that rock is christ on christ the solid rock i stand all other ground is sinking sand how firm a foundation Ye saints of the Lord. That's what we just sang a little bit ago. And this wise man obeyed the gospel. He believed on Christ, the solid rock. That's what made him a wise man. He was wise because he understood the importance of the foundation. Years ago, when I was still living in Wyoming, there was someone that was building a three-story home down in the valley below where I live. I lived in a little single-wide trailer, and then we had a little berm one-level home and hoping to maybe add on to it later on. Uh, but this, this couple was building this three-story, and, and uh, it looked pretty nice. It was pretty grand and really uh, stood out in the, in the landscape down there. Uh, but then after a while, I, I heard that there was a problem, and the problem was is that, is that <clears throat> the builder that they had hired, and I think they were from Custer, South Dakota, uh, the builder that they had hired uh, had poured four-inch walls instead of 8-inch walls. Now, you wouldn't know that unless you dug away the dirt and measured the thickness of the wall because on one side, the wall looks like a wall, and on the other side, the wall looks like a wall. But it was only a 4-inch wall. They already had the shingles on when they figured that out. We all know that that's foolish, and we all know that that's not wise, and we all know that's wrong. But Jesus is taking that as a parable and explaining to us as an illustration what people are doing all the time. He believed, and because he obli- he believed, he obeyed. See, trust and obey. If you believe something, there's going to be action involved. You can say you believe, but there's going to be some action. Now, we're not saved by works, but but belief will promote. Will prom- promote us and it will it will uh, provoke us and it will motivate us to do something about what we believe first of all matthew chapter 7 go to matthew 21 i'll just show you some things concerning obedience and belief matthew chapter 21 verse 29 verse 28 it says what what think ye a certain man had two sons and he came to the first and said son go work today in my vineyard He answered and said i will not <clears throat> i hate it when you hear a young person say that to an adult i will not it's very disrespectful, but afterward, he repented and went. Verse 30, and he came to the second and said, likewise, and he answered and said, I go, sir. Well, that sounds good. And he went not. Whether them twain did the will of his father? And they say unto him, the first, and Jesus saith unto them, verily I say unto you that the publicans and the harlots, and by the way, they're not good people living as publicans and harlots. Go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not. You're not publicans and harlots, you're Pharisees. But you wouldn't believe, but the publicans and the harlots believed him. And ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward that ye might believe him. The wise man was wise because he believed the word of God. He believed what Jesus said said and acted upon it. Notice Mark chapter number three, Jesus said this when someone asked him about his mother and his brethren. And it's an interesting answer that Jesus gave, because even though they were emphasizing his physical, literal mother and his step brothers, he said, as he pointed to the people following him, in verse thirty four, Behold my mother and my brethren. In verse thirty five of Mark three, he said, For whosoever shall do the will of God, the same as my mother, my brother and my sister and my mother. Jesus would have us to do something. Now, we're not saved by works, but what we are saved by is by obeying the gospel. Doing the will of the Father is obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ, is recognizing that Jesus is his his son, sinless, born of a virgin, died on the cross, paid the atonement for sin, and rose again three days later to believe in Christ and Christ alone for our salvation. Look at John chapter number 5. John chapter number 5. <clears throat> John chapter number 5 and verse 24. John five twenty-four says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, <clears throat> and it is good to hear the word of God, I'm glad that you're in church today. I hope that you listen to the word of God, but not just listening. You can't just be hearers of the word. You have to do the word. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. If I were to ask you or someone, are you a Christian? And they say, well, well yeah, I've, I've, I've gone to church all my life. I'm glad that you go to church because there's a good chance you're hearing the word of God, although we're not sure anymore about churches. But I'm glad that you're hearing. But listen to me, hearing the word of God is not the same as believing it. Hearing it has to happen in order to believe it, but you have to believe, not just hear it. And just because you've attended doesn't mean you're a Christian. I said it a while ago, and it's true. Uh, You're not a car because you park in a garage. And you're not a pizza because you go to Pizza Hut. And you're not a Christian because you walked into a building called church. You're not a Christian just because of your attendance or even your baptism. Or even, shame be it the case, someone allowed you to be a member of some church. It's when you believe. John chapter 6 and verse 29, verse 28, he said, Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. You just need to simply believe. It's not about works that you can do. It's about the first work of just believing and trusting. Verse 40, he said, And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. It's not enough just to see him. You've got to believe and to trust in him. Romans chapter number 10. Romans chapter number 10. Here's what it says. Romans chapter 10 and verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. See that? They have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm glad you're hearing, but are you believing what you're hearing Sometimes you'll learn about someone when someone, a close friend or relative dies and they say, they were such a good person, certainly they were in heaven. Listen to me, you're not in heaven because you were a good person. I do think that God would have us to be good people, but good is not what gets us to heaven. Salvation is what gets us to heaven. It cannot be any other way you know our flesh doesn't like that because it's humbling especially if you're like a Pharisee if you're if you're a very good person in the eyes of man if if you have been noted for uh your your goodness or your charitableness or or whatever works that you have done and and maybe maybe you won uh man of the year woman of the year or whatever it might be and, and, and you have a reputation and all of a sudden in, in the midst of all of that you stand and say all of that works that I was doing was a waste of time. I have now discovered that it is the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone that saves us. You'd be surprised how unpopular that is. Be surprised at how unpopular you'll become when all of a sudden you say I count like, like the Apostle Paul said in Philippians I count them as dung. There's a picture. I count them as I count the accolades and the accomplishments as dung that I may win Christ. See when Paul was a Pharisee nobody had a problem with him. But what happens is is that when you spit on good works and you spit on reputation and you call it dung, whoo, you just spit on everybody else who's trusting in that. The wisdom of the wise man was to obey the gospel and to recognize he needed a foundation. Notice it said in Luke 6, he dug down deep. He digged deep until he found it. Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 16 says this about Jesus Christ. It was a prophecy that obviously came true Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Peter goes on to tell us that the Bible says that many would reject that foundation. I said many would reject that foundation. He didn't start to build, though, this wise man he did not start to build on this foundation until after he had the foundation. He didn't start to build until after the foundation. The problem is, and this is why Jesus said, you must become as a child. It doesn't mean that we, we grown ups, it's too late. It just means that we need to be humble like a child to, to become <clears throat> as, as simplistic and as humble as a child to understand that we must be born again. Our friend Larry's in the hospital right now. Larry might not even remember this because he's losing his memory. But Larry got saved over eight years ago. Larry, the the beautiful thing about Larry and Gene, and I don't think anyone here will argue with me, is this. They really are kids. They really are. And you need to be a child in order to be humble enough to get saved. I remember at the end of a service... In January, about this time, <clears throat> I remember saying, preaching the gospel message, and and asking if anyone needs to be saved. And boy, the two of them looked at me and raised their hand. And I said, "Hey, I'll I'll meet with you. You can come up front. I'll meet with you." And and I and, and I bowed my head. And I looked back up, and they were both on their knees right here. Look, there's some adults in here. You just wouldn't get on your knees in front of anybody. I've got a memory that pops up on my social media. And uh, it was one of those questions of the week from Custer Chronicle. Shortly after Larry was saved, they asked, what's the greatest thing that's ever happened to you? And people, this and this, you know, and there's five different people. And and there's Larry Matheson, big as life. Jesus Christ saved me. Greatest decision I ever made in my life. And I want to encourage you about something. You need to not stop digging until you find it. You need to understand, because I think human nature is to look for the truth. And if you remember what we read in Matthew chapter 7, there are false prophets out there. Can I tell you something? Satan doesn't really care how religious you get. As long as you don't get the truth. And he didn't start building until he had the foundation. Second Peter 1 says, Add to your faith virtue and virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, God. We need those things. But we have to start with the foundation. Problem is, is that people try to add on their sand all this religious stuff and all this self help stuff and all this self righteous stuff, and it will not work. And of course, obviously, the greatest thing about the wise man is he was not disappointed with his choice because when the rains came, the floods came and the wind blew and the streams rose and the flood started to erode the dirt around him, his house stood firm because it was founded upon a rock and he did not regret his choice. Isaiah 26 and verse three says, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. I don't know how much Larry can remember of things or where he's at, but I do know this, he knows who he's trusted in. I saw him the other day and he said, you know, Rapid City's a pretty nice place. You think this is, this is a pretty nice place here in Rapid City. I didn't even correct him. Didn't matter. But what was cool was he still knew who I was. He said to the nurse, that's my pastor. That's my pastor where I go to church. Larry, do you know who Jesus is? Mm -hmm. The wise man was wise because he recognized the most important thing is not the roof. It is not the architecture. Architecture really draws our attention. Uh, There's things called dormers. I'm a plain Jane guy. Sorry, Jane. I'm a plain Jane guy. And, you know, I just, you know, simple, simple dormers and different roof sizes and designs and angles. And, and uh, I was talking to Caleb about that. My son, he's an engineer. And, and he said, Dad, architects make it look good, engineers make it stand good. So many people are suckered by how it looks. See, Jesus is the perfect illustrator. He, he gave the perfect illustration. My, my imagination says the wise man's house, one level ranch, simple. My imagination says the fool's house, three story dormers. I'm not preaching against your dormers today. But the wise man was obedient and recognized the value and the importance of the foundation. You know what Satan does? He's so clever. Satan emphasizes everything except for that first thing. Satan is all about you going to church as long as it's not on the right foundation. Satan's all about you. Build. He doesn't care if you got a second story or a third story. He doesn't care if you've got a fancy archway he doesn't care if your windows are top dollar he doesn't care about any of that he doesn't care how much time and how much expense he doesn't care how religious your life is and how impressive it is to the eyes around so we see the foolishness of the disobedient he didn't obey the gospel oh that's too simple Oh, well, of course, I mean, of course we, we know Jesus. I mean, we know he was important. And we, we Look, the devils believe in Jesus. That doesn't mean the devil's a Christian. So don't think that just because you mentally acknowledge that there's a Jesus. Can I say it this way? I don't think the devil minds if you have a picture of Jesus on the wall. Not that anyone really has a picture of Jesus. I don't think he minds if you have books and videos about Jesus on your shelf. As long as you don't have him as the foundation, he's going to see you one day in his hell. I remember years ago talking to the Vietnam missionary that came through and he said, I've got to be very careful when I present Jesus to the Vietnamese. And this is not just the Vietnamese. I think he was describing human, human nature. He said, because the Vietnamese have several gods. And if I explain to them that Jesus is God and that they need to have him, he said, they will mentally take him and place him next to all their other gods in their house. That's not the same Jesus of the Bible. That's not understanding. See, when Jesus is God, all the other gods get the boot. I do believe a lot of quote-unquote Christians have added Jesus to their life. Did you know the Bible says there's another Jesus and another gospel? He did, this foolish man did recognize his need for a house. He knew he needed a house, but he skipped the foundation. He focused on the external, the walls and the roof and the windows and the things that people would see. Nobody ever drives up to your house and goes, wow, that looks like a good foundation. Most of us, we can't even see it. But it is so crucial. It is so important and necessary. Once in a while, every so often, you'll hear out in the West Coast, California, Seattle, Oregon, about a house, grand house, built on the side of a hill. And they just had an unusually amount of rain that year and it slid all the way down to the next subdivision because of a foundation problem. See, what the foolish man did is he ignored the rock. Acts chapter 4 and verse 10. Acts chapter 4. Acts 4 and verse 10, it says, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Some will say, Well, I pray to his mother. A false prophet taught that and now people believe it. His mother is not going to save anybody. She needed a savior herself and she trusted in him but you're not going to get saved by trusting in her. Well, I believe the church and the church baptized me. Again, do you remember what we read in Matthew 7? There are false prophets that come dressed like sheep. They look like a sheep, but they're really a ravening wolf. He ignored the rock. You can ignore in two ways. You can either ignore on purpose or you can just be ignorant, which has the word ignore in it, because you just didn't know or didn't consider. Look at Romans chapter number 10. In Romans chapter number 10 and verse number three, Paul is brokenhearted for his own brethren, physical brethren, the Jews, the Israel, people of uh, of Israel. He wanted them to be saved, chapter 10, verse 1. They have a zeal of God, not according to knowledge, though, chapter 10, verse 2. They They seem to know something about God, but they don't really know him. And then verse 3 and 4, here's what Paul said about his own unsaved Jewish brethren for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God they've decided to build with sand of self righteousness instead of the righteousness of Christ verse 4 for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that what believeth they are ignorant They either have chosen to be ignorant, that's called willingly ignorant. They've either chosen that that can't be the way. And what a blessing when people who had some other way get saved. I've said it too many times that people probably don't like hearing it, but I'm so thankful my father got saved even though he had been baptized as a baby. He got saved as an adult in his 20s and then got baptized for real. It started a, a process in my grandmother's and my grandfather's heart that they got saved it started a change in my whole life because he was willing to say we wasted a couple decades here we forgot the foundation Satan knows that you're religious, he knows that mankind has a desire to know God. They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Satan knows that man wants to know the truth. But then Satan says, "Here, I'll dress up someone to look like they're telling you the truth, and if you're fooled, I'll win." And and all I want to say in 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 January of 2024, if it's popular It's probably not true. Do you remember what we read there in Matthew 7? It said, many straight is the gate and narrow is the way and few there be that find it, but broad is the gate, broad is the way, and many. Don't kid yourself. There's a false Jesus out there. It's really Satan dressed up like Jesus. Understand it. It doesn't matter if you know all kinds of things about the Bible. If you aren't founded on Jesus Christ, you are not a born again Christian. And you might do like they did in Matthew 7. Many will say, didn't we do wonderful works? We did it in your name. I never knew you. Who's he, ta- who's he talking about? He's not talking about the Muslims. They don't do it in his name. Who's he talking about? He's talking about, he's talking about a, lot of, a lot of Christians in America. He's talking about a lot of Christians who aren't Christian. Do you understand? You see, Paul Harvey used to say, if I were the devil, remember that? If I were the devil? Listen, if I were the devil... I wouldn't try to get people fooled with the church of Satan, although there are people who are involved with the church of Satan. No, if I were the devil, I would just come up with a real good-looking counterfeit, a counterfeit that looks authentic, and the Bible warns us about that. 2 Corinthians 11, it says, false apostles transferring themselves into the apostles of Christ. And don't marvel at that because Satan himself is transformed as, a, as an angel of light. He can fool the best. You say, Pastor, how do you know? Well, I'm the pastor. That's how I know. No, no. No, I, I said that on purpose to illustrate a point. How do you know? Let me tell you how I know. I got something right here in my hand. And let me tell you something. There's a lot of different ones of these now. but this is the only thing I can hold in my hand that is truly godly. This is, my, this is the, the measuring rod, this is the tape measure, this is the standard, this is how I know. And understand that our, maybe ourselves, maybe our, our relatives, maybe our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, they might even think they're Christians. My, my father was not raised in an immoral home. They would call themselves Christians. My mother was not raised in an immoral home. They would refer to themselves as Christians, but they were not. They were not until they got saved. Notice, he, this foolish man is not lazy. He is working. He's building. But what he is is wasting his time and his energy. Titus 3.5 says it's not by works of righteousness which we have done. But according to his mercy, he saved us. Folks, there are different Jesuses out there now. There is a push from Satan to make all of us follow this false Jesus. It is not Christ. And I want to say that there are some hardworking. There are people, you know who I'm talking about. They have these magazines called Awake. And they go out and they knock on doors. And in later years, they've been sending out letters instead of knocking on doors as much. But, man, they are dedicated to what they do. They work hard. And they think that maybe they'll be able to, if they're one of the special ones, they'll get to go to heaven someday. There are a lot of people out there that work very hard in their religion. And they never find that satisfaction. I sang it, only Jesus can satisfy I do think it's important to work hard, but working hard is not going to save me. But once I have the right foundation that I can build correctly. See, this foolish man built his house, which is really his life, on an earthly foundation. Not a heavenly foundation, but a foundation of sand. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. Any other way will fail you. I remember years ago here in this town, there was a group that came in and this man told the story of his brother and how he died at like age 18 and drunk with friends, killed in a car wreck. And the older brother said, I, I sat there in the living room and I watched my mom at the kitchen table and she's just got her face in the table and she's just sobbing, a puddle of tears on the table and in walks her, her clergy. And she stands up and she says, where's my son? And he said, well, he, he, he's down at the morgue. I just saw him. No, no, no. Where is my son? And that older brother sat in the living room and realized that that clergy didn't have an answer. And she knew it. Where is he now? And that lying false prophet wouldn't tell her he's probably in hell because probably that clergy's going there too. But praise God, that older brother Said, I got to find out where I'm going. Because obviously he can't tell her where my brother's at. And that's why a lot of us don't like funerals because they're all about some foolish person who died and their house was built on sand. And it's like, I don't want to go to one of these again. This is hopeless. But when you go to the funeral of a Christian, You might cry, but it's a different cry, isn't it? Because you know, no matter how much the house collapsed, physically, spiritually, they're still founded on the rock. Colossians chapter number 2 and verse 6 says. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, and abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware. When you see a beware sign, you really should pay attention. Verse 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world. That word rudiments is an interesting word. It means elements. That's exactly what the foolish man did. He built his house, his life, on the earth after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. There are people who die wealthy. And someone might say, I wish I could die like him. He was wealthy. Well, all I can say to you today is, when I die, it'll be the first time I was wealthy because I'll be in heaven. I don't want to emulate the guy who left it behind. I want to emulate the guy that's going to get more of it when he, where he's going. That's what happens when you're founded on the rock. And the foolish man was immediately destroyed and great was the fall of it. Point number three, the storms eventually hit everybody. You know what's interesting about this story? The same storm hit both houses. You're not going to get away from tragedy or or, or death. Death is going to chase you down and, until it gets you. There, there are issues that we face in life, and storms pretty much hit everybody, but not everyone survives them the same because of who the rock is or isn't in their life. And then the last thing number four, God always emphasizes the foundation. Satan doesn't. Recently someone emailed me a question and the, in the question they said something like this, Pastor, you always talk about saved and being saved. Thank you for that. Can I tell you something? I've heard people say, when I go to your church, I don't feel good. Church is supposed to be where you make people feel good. You know why they say that? Because the majority of today's churches are doing exactly that. But you know what makes me feel good? is knowing that if my friend Larry never gets out of the hospital again, when he dies, he's in heaven. You can't get anything better than that. You want real satisfaction? Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. These liars in these religious institutions, they're going to the same hell you are if you don't turn around and see the truth. God emphasizes the foundation because he knows that's what matters. Who cares if it was one story, two story, or three story? What about the foundation? And you can just kind of tell what's going on when you don't see the foundation being emphasized. That's Satan. Forgive me for using this illustration, but it just popped into my head. It's kind of like the public school. By the time they figure out that the ninth grader can't read, it's too late to blame the third grade teacher for letting him go. And we all know it. Shame on those people for for just passing them on through. Why? It's just easier to to stamp them and say they're good to go than to deal with the truth. And that's what preachers are doing. That's what quote-unquote Christians are doing. Yeah, you're good to go. Everything's okay. Here, eat this wafer. Do this little sign thing or dip some holy water or Wear this gown or whatever it might be. You're good. We all know. It's just Satan's way of lying to us. If the storm of life hit you today, would there be anything left? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Would there be anyone say, Pastor? I really don't know for sure, but I want to be like Larry and Jean. I want to know. Would there be anyone? Just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I I need to talk to you about it. I need to know for sure I'm saved. I'm not sure, and I want to know. Anyone at all? I'm not sure, but I want to know. Anybody? Just wave at me. And secondly. I've learned this, and I hope you'll learn this too. Just because someone says something religious or something that sounds Christian, please investigate the foundation. Please ask them some questions. Please understand there's a lot of lying going on. Ask them, what, what makes you think you're going to heaven? And find out if it's baptism or church membership or good works or something else, or if it's truly because Jesus is their foundation. Let's close in prayer. Dear God, thank you for your word. There are so many people being fooled today. First of all, help no one in here to be fooled, but to see the truth about their own life, to not be too proud to admit they need to be on the solid rock, even if that means starting over. But also, Lord, please help us to... Be aware of those around us who have been fooled. Help us to realize that we're squeamish about asking questions because we might investigate and find something that they don't want us to find. But Lord, if we love others, help us to kindly and lovingly suggest to them that they do a foundation check. May we do that for our own families and for the friends around us. And Lord, help us to not forget that picture that you've painted in our minds of these two men. And may we be wise as we build on you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.